Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Live around the world on the interwebs at MichaelDukesShow.com and across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or FEM Translator. That's FM. FEM. FEM Translator. Uh, welcome to the program. It is The Michael Dukes Show. And hello and good morning to you. Happy Hump Day. It is not nearly as warm as it was yesterday. In fact, it's uh, snowing a little bit outside right now, which ought to make for that really fantastic glazed donut effect that we were all looking for. Um, you know, just all that water that froze up overnight and now it's snowing on top of it and it'll just make that wee that kind of just like that you could slide all the way into work. That's. What we're looking for right now. It's uh, it's an exciting time. So if you were, uh, you probably should plan on leaving work a little early if you're in the South Central area. I don't know where else, you know, wherever else the rest of you are, you guys, your your mileage may vary. Your your conditions may be different than mine, but I took one look outside this morning and went, whoa, that's going to be fun. Uh, so anyway, uh, that's what, uh, that's what, what, that's the weather I do. The, I just check the weather by looking outside. That's what I do. I mean, I'm not checking in with a weather service. I'm just like looking out and giving you guys the straight dope. You know what I mean? On what's, uh, what's happening. Okay. Uh, what else we got? We have got a, uh, full show of just you and me this morning. Uh, today it's, uh, I got a bunch of stories that, uh, we can talk about, but more importantly, I am opening up the phone lines right now. And in fact, <clears throat> they are, they're ready. They're ready, ready right now. Uh, so whatever you want to do, give us a call. 907-433-3150, 907-433-3150. If, uh, you'd like to call in and talk with us, we'd love to hear any topic that you guys have been, if you've had a burning topic that you've just been like, oh, I've wanted to talk to Dukes about this for so long. Well, there you go. Um, all you got to do is, you know, give us a ring and we will tackle, we will tackle on uh, with whatever topic that you guys want to talk about this morning. We'd love to, uh, we'd love to hear about it. And uh, no state Senator Mike Shower today. He will be joining us tomorrow. Um, he had some meetings this morning and he begged off and asked to come on board. I have it. In, I have it in writing, right, right here. It's in writing. He's, <laughs> he says he's got some meetings this morning and uh, asked that we, uh, we do the thing. Uh, so anyway, that's, uh, that's what we got going on. Mike shower will be joining us tomorrow. Uh, meanwhile, it'll be you and me today. 
to talk about, I don't know, whatever. And and it could be politics. It could be your latest, um, I mean, it could be your favorite, <clears throat> your latest favorite TV show. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm down for anything this morning. I am down for anything. I just was sitting here this morning going, sorting through some of the news stories and everything else when it hit me. Um, it hit me hard. Here, here's, here's, we are, <laughs> we are two months into the new year, almost completely two months into the new year. And I'm just like, what? I mean, it just, oh, it goes so fast, man. It just goes so fast. We're almost through Q1 of 2024. What the heck, man? What the absolute heck is going on? Is it just me or is the rest, I mean, for the rest of you, are the, just the, did the days just trip over one another? Just seems like I was trying to relax on my vacation the other day and now there, there you go. Um, anyway, uh, I was just, I was literally just sitting here thinking this morning and I was thinking about it. And I thought, wow, 221. 221, meaning there's eight days left in February, and then that will be the second month of 12 in the bag. Whew, just one of those things. Um, and just like that, Michael caved and let Shower off the hook. I mean, what am I going to do? Hold him at gunpoint and tell him to show up? He said he'd be here tomorrow. What are you, you going to do? What are you going to do? Um, all right. Uh, let me go over here. We've got some phones starting to ring, so we will uh, we'll uh, we'll we'll take some phone calls and see what you guys have to say. I will turn on the stream because I forgot to turn the stream on this morning. That's what kind of radio show host I am. Forgot to do all the extra stuff. Uh, but let's go over to the phones and we'll get things started with some phone calls before I dive into my own topics. We'll see what you guys have to say. How about that? Uh, because that's what today is all about. Open line, open form, whatever you want to chit-chat about, let's chitty-chatty about it. Here we go. Good morning, who's this? Uh, where are you calling from? Hey, good morning, Michael. This is Matthew calling from Fairbanks. Good morning, Matthew. What's on your mind, my friend? Well, I just wanted to touch on a couple school issues we've got going on across the state, and uh, particularly here in Fairbanks. You know, the, you hear a lot of hollering and, and complaining about the governor and the legislators and uh, the municipality, the borough, uh, the borough not funding to the cap, uh, the governor slashing the education in half, and the legislators refusing to uh, increase, permanently increase the BSA over the years. And I just wanted to say that, you know, uh, people are right. That's, that's, that's exactly why we got to lay off. You know, 50, 60, 100 teachers here. That's why we're closing four schools. And uh, I just wanted to, to add a little little side note that, uh, that, that begs the question, why do you suppose that is? Why do you suppose the governor slashed half the funding or the BSA hasn't been increased? Or here in Fairbanks, we're one of the few places where we don't fund to the, to the cap. Well... I would tell you that maybe it, maybe it's because uh, 
Maybe it's because the, the garbage uh, sexually illicit material that's uh, being sh- being put in the libraries, or <laughs> or maybe it's because we've got the oh, I don't know LGBT history in English classes. Uh, maybe maybe it's because we have boys and girls locker rooms and bathrooms, or 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 maybe it's because boys are stealing girls' medals, or or maybe it's because we've got compelled speech in in the school where we tell our staff and, and our students that. Uh, not only are, do you not have the right to remain remain silent, but we're going to compel your speech. So if David thinks he's Mary, you have to call David Mary, or else uh, you're going to face disciplinary uh, measures, which is in our policy. Well, I, so maybe I, maybe it's because we don't respect parents anymore. Where, I mean, where, yeah. where if David thinks he's married, that uh, you're not allowed to tell the parents that David thinks he's married. Maybe that's got something to do with it. <laughs> I mean, I think you may have hit on something there. I think all of those things probably have a little bit to do with what's going on uh, more than anything else. But, I mean, this is just a question about how much is – I was asking this question yesterday. How much is too much, Matthew? I mean, how much is too much? There is there is, there is no. There's no such thing as too much when it comes to education, Michael. But but the question the question here isn't are we funding education you know are, are we allocating enough money to education we don't have education right now in the state this is not education the question isn't whether or not you you, you support teachers the question is is do you support these teachers and generally speaking the answer to that is no people. Are, are starting to not support these teachers because we're, we're going, we went from the top of the nation down to the bottom of the butt barrel. And that, 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 that downward slope was not when money started to get restricted. It's, it's when, the, when, when the educational system started pushing a, a, an extreme left ideology that, that that got away from the basic tenets of, of, of schooling, which is, you know, math and right. English and, and history, things of this nature. Yeah. No, I so think that, that's where our problem is. Do I agree. Have, you know, do we have an allocation funding problem? Yeah, because maybe we're not allocating the funding in the right areas. Right. Well, maybe because we're not focusing on the right things to begin with. And I think you're making a valid point on that. And I think a lot of people are feeling the same thing that you're feeling uh, with this, which is, I mean, why are we what, you know, why fight over something that's delivering such a poor product to begin with? Um, so I'm uh, I'm with you on that. That's just it. Yeah, that's just it. These guys, they're, they're screaming and their argument is is more money. And, and it actually it, it, it doesn't have any basis. There's no foundation. They're correct. There's not enough money to keep the status quo going. Well, that's because we don't want the status quo. So they're, they're arguing that they don't have enough money. Well, it should lend itself to reason. People should look and say, well, why don't you? And it's because they're mismanaging it. Why would you pay a contractor who totally screws up your house why would you give him more money to come in and do more bad work? It makes no sense. When your child comes to you and says, why I don't have money to go to the movies, I didn't get my allowance this week, you don't give the kid money when they didn't do a single chore. It right. makes no sense. When the kid's screaming they don't have money, it lends itself to the fact that they didn't do 
any chores. We're right. not getting a return on our investment. Right. Thank you, Michael. Appreciate your time. Appreciate your call. Thank you so much. Uh, and I, I mean, I think I, I agree with it. I mean, a lot of that feeling, I think a lot of parents are asking questions like, why are we focusing on this? I mean, this is why you've seen, I think, an outflow in the school systems uh, because of a lot of this right now, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, let's uh, continue on here. Uh, next caller. Good morning. Uh, who's this? Where are you calling from? Michael. Yes. Can you hear me? I can hear you. I can hear you. Go ahead. I can't hear you. Okay, uh, Michael, this is Charlie down in Homer. I uh, was just wanted to call in and, and let people know that we're having our District 6 Republican Convention is going to be March the 2nd at the Regent Life Church at the corner of East End Road and uh, Pioneer. And that'll be from 9 in the morning till about 5, 4 or 5 in the afternoon. It's been a half fast we work on stuff. Uh, doors will open up about 8.30 so you can get in, get registered, have a cup of coffee. And uh, we'll be serving lunch for that. But we have uh, Nick Baggage will be our keynote speaker. Uh, we also have several of the candidates for the Alaska Republican Party chair, as well as the National Committee Woman candidate that will be with us. And we'll be working on the party platform, party rules, uh, all those kinds of things, and hope that uh, all of the registered Republicans down here in the southern part of the Kenai Peninsula will uh, come down and join us and help us try to turn things around uh, in this state. That's uh, that's fantastic. Again, it's going to be eight uh, or nine to about four or five p.m. on which day, Charlie? On March Saturday, March the second. Okay, Saturday, March Saturday, two. March the second. Okay, all right. Well, fantastic. Uh, and uh, if folks want to, if folks want to look things up or get the details, you guys got a Facebook page or a website or something, Charlie, where they can go and get the info. Facebook Facebook page, we've got it on Facebook page. It's District 6 uh, Republican Party Facebook page. Just look up District 6. You can get the information there. Uh, give me a call if you want to, uh, 299-8142. Be happy to talk to anybody about it. All right, Charlie. Thank you so much for calling in. Appreciate the heads up. Thank you, Mike. All right. Thank you. Uh, have a good morning. All right. That brings us to the break uh, for this morning. You know, this education thing, I know a lot of people are upset about it uh, one way or the other. I know a lot of people on the one side are like, we're just not getting, you know, we're getting shortchanged. And those on the other are saying they're also getting shortchanged, but in a different way. And I want to know how you feel about it. I mean, I, maybe probably most of you don't have kids in the system anymore. Most of you are probably older. But maybe you got grandkids. And you could tell us what your thoughts are on this. I'd love to hear what you have to say. 907-433-3150. 907-433-3150. The Michael Duke Show continues. Common Sense. Liberty-based. Free-thinking radio.
if you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. Um, let's see. Not to change the subject, but you know everything followed. Following the butt means that. It, uh, what do you think about the Remington move to Georgia? I'm like, it couldn't have happened sooner. I mean, it could could have happened sooner. That's. I mean, it's just like, yeah. Um. Mm, the Bombardier, everybody's talking about things. Could you please invite D8 candidates Bill Elam and John Hillier on the show? Would love to hear, would like to hear their elevator pitch. District 8 candidates? Um, okay, I'll uh, see what I can do. I will s- see what I can make happen. Um, Sorry, just reading Rick. Rick was like, damn, forgot to make the coffee. Got it made. Sat back down. Damn, forgot to turn it on. Damn. <laughs> Sherry says, let's do a what if Wednesday. All right, Sherry, we'll call up and tell, give me a what if question. What if, what is your question? What if the, you know, you give me, what would you like to hear about on a what if Wednesday, Sherry? Feel free to feel free to dial us up and and give us a a supposed a suppose. Let me just suppose. Um, <clears throat> Alaska's news source. Uh, Profit exposes broader problems with how city monitors federal grants. I saw that story, uh, David. Um. Um. Yeah. Yeah. New York is having some issues. They're they're starting to finally figure out that they can't just keep taxing their way into uh, prosperity. <laughs> just can't figure it out. <clears throat> um, all right. Uh, there we go. How about getting some Anchorage school board candidates on? I mean, yeah, I mean, we could try it, although. I don't know, David. Do you think? Do you think it'll make a difference? I just don't know. I just don't know at this point. Mm, 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 mm. Okay. Um, yeah. Parents in the family partnership charter school voted with their feet. About eight hundred left the school district after ASD changed it to a correspondence school. Yeah, I mean, and we're going to talk about that here this morning, that there is just a bunch of pain points here at this point, right? They just want people to hurt. <clears throat> and once they get them to hurt, then they can pull back on the pain. But up until then, they just, they want them to hurt. That's what they want. Um, and I'll show you that here um, in, just a, in just a moment. We'll talk about that. we got another caller on hold. So we'll get to them here in just a second as well. Um, we've got uh, we got a little bit of time here. Um, 
You see the story about San Francisco and their virtue signaling coming back to bite them in the butt. I did not. Feel free to send that to me or post it up in the post. Yeah, whatever you want to do, Brian. Feel free to post it up. I have not seen that yet. Not that I'm looking for stories about San Francisco. Uh, It was either San Francisco or Special Forces, and I just can't see the Special Forces out there virtue signaling, right? I just just can't see that uh, lately. So, Um, all right. Uh, What else we got here? Uh, I want to say thank you to Tuckerman. I didn't see it the other day, but I saw it on the replay. He he sent us out uh, 500 stars uh, the other day. Thank you for sending the stars, Tuckerman. I appreciate that. I just happened to be scrolling through part of another show. I was looking for a link that somebody had dropped, and and there it was. So, thank you. Here we go. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. Let's do this thing. Here we go. The Michael Duke Show. Not your daddy. Wait, sorry. Not your daddy? Ooh, not your daddy's talk radio. Whew. I was scared for a second. Thought we were going down. Here's Michael Dukes and the show. Okay, uh, welcome back. Uh, we're continuing now the Michael Dukes show. Uh, we're 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 ready to uh, we're ready to go. We're ready to rock and roll, and uh, we're taking some calls today. Is open line, open form. We're just talking about uh, all just different kinds of stuff. We got. Uh, we got all kinds of things to uh, chit chat about and we're taking your phone calls, which is the more important thing here, uh, in the, in the, uh, in the scheme of things is that we want to hear what you have to say. Now, somebody said we should do a, what if Wednesday Sherry did. So I told her to call up or, you know, if there's just anything you want to talk about, we'd love to hear what you got, uh, on your mind. So let's go over here and see what's, uh, who's on the phone and what they want to talk about. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Good morning, Sherry from the Kiss Long time listener, first time caller. Well, thank you so much, Sherry. Thanks um, for calling in. What's on your What's on your mind this morning in the beautiful downtown metropolis of Nikiski? Well, right. <laughs> well, on the What If Wednesday, um, I had several things go through my mind. Um, what about if we had a long term power outage? What are people prepared for? What do they have prepared for a longer-term power outage? I mean, that, that's, a, that's a good question. Thanks. Well, okay, Sherry, thank you. Um, you can stay on the line for a second if you want, or mm-hmm. you can hang up, whatever you want to do. But, uh, you know, that's a good question. So I think you have to start to prioritize immediately. So if you realize from the very beginning that what you're facing is a long-term situation, um, you're immediately going to have to prioritize as to what you need the power for. Do you need it to keep your food cold? Do you need it to, you know, keep your freezer frozen or at least, you know, to, uh, you know, maybe you've got some something medical that you need where you'll need electricity for. Um, and the first thing you need to do is prioritize what you're doing. Um, second of all, are you, you know, do you have a battery system? Do you have solar 
uh, some kind of minor solar for backup? Or do you have a generator that can feed a battery bank? Um, I think the ones that are going to make it out of something like that scenario where they're going to require a long-term power generation for something like that are the ones that are probably either partially or prepared for partial kind of off-grid things where they have maybe a small battery bank with, uh, with uh, you know, maybe an actual gas generator plus solar panels. Um, I think that's probably going to be the way to go. Your average person who has just a generator is only going to be able to run the generator for so long. I mean, when you th- when you think long term, what are you talking about? Weeks, months? I mean, what what are you thinking? Weeks, weeks or months? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I think you'd have to look at it and go, okay. So either I have to ration what I'm doing. Um, and I have to make sure that my freezer, you know, if I'm trying to keep my food frozen and cold, my my food for the next five months has to be cold. Um, then I have to run my generator long enough to just keep my freezer just at freezing. Um, and how much fuel is that going to be? It's going to be a lot over the course of several, uh, you know, of, of several weeks or a couple, three, four months. That's going to be a lot of uh, fuel. Um, and you won't basically have it for anything else. So are you keeping your house warm, et cetera, et cetera? Um, or you'd have to have, like I said, that kind of hybrid setup where maybe you have a small battery bank uh, that takes generation, takes power from your your generator and from a solar system to help keep kind of keeping it topped off. Um, I know people have done hydro, uh, you know, small micro hydro if you live next to a stream or some kind of flowing body of water. Or even wind power uh, with small windmills can be done uh, on a small size setup. But you're going to have to look at it from a from a long term standpoint of uh, this is an investment. It's not going to be something that's easy to just step into with what you got laying around your house. You know what I mean, Sherry? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I think it would be interesting. I know that we had a conversation with somebody from down in, I think it was down in Homer. Somebody called us up and said, Hey, if you, you know, cause we started talking about this one day and they wanted to talk a little bit about, they had whole home battery systems and some other things and they'd installed a few of them. And they were talking about that. I think that would, that would not be a bad topic for a, what if Wednesday to say, what would it take to have some kind of battery backup at your home, um, you know, even even just your regular home, even if you don't have like an off-the-grid setup, what, what would it cost to have a small rack of batteries to keep something going for a short period of time? Maybe something that could be charged with your vehicles or something that could be charged with your, you know, with a, with a small generator or et cetera, et cetera. What would it take? I think that would not be a bad, uh, not be a bad discussion at all, Sherry. So thanks for... Thanks for bringing that forward. Thank you. All right. Have a great day. Thanks for calling in. 907-433-3150, 907-433-3150, if you would like to uh, sound off. Uh, I'd love to hear from you and uh, see what you have to say. I mean, that's an interesting, it's an interesting thought. What would, I mean, first of all, how much, you know, what do you need for electricity? And what are you using? Of course, it depends on the time of year, depends on what's going on. Do you need it to run, you know, a gas-fired furnace or a boiler, uh, you know, oil-fired boiler? 
Are you using it to heat your hot water? Are you using it to keep the hot, the, 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 the house warm? Do you need, you know, deep sight, you know, high, high, you know, that initial high kick load for things like refrigerators or freezers? I mean, it's a, it's an interesting, it's an, I hadn't really, you know, I hadn't really considered that as far as long-term, long-term. I mean, you know, a lot of us have generators, but how much, you know, if you're talking about being without power for a couple, three months, do you have enough, do you have enough gasoline to run those generators for, you know, what if you couldn't get more? What if, you know, it's anyway, it's a, it's a good what if question. I like it. I like it a lot. And I think we should, uh. Um, I think we should probably bring somebody out. Um, uh, I think we should probably bring somebody on with a little bit more expertise on that. But I know that off the grid living, you can supplement with solar. You could supplement with wind. You can supplement with micro hydro if you've got, you know, if you've got a, uh, um, a moving body of water next to you, like a small stream or a creek or a river. Um, and, but you have to have some place to put it. You have to have some place to put it and stabilize it. So again, a battery bank is important. And, uh, that's where I lose my, that's where I lose my expertise as I don't understand enough about the battery, the storage systems to understand those to the best of my ability. So we need to, uh, um, I, I think, I think it would be a, I think it would be a good discussion. Like I said, maybe we'll get somebody in to uh, talk about it who actually maybe somebody called that installed these things for a living. And I'm trying to remember who it was. It was down in uh, it was down in Homer, I think. Uh, maybe it was ACDC, if I remember correctly. Anyway, they gave us we had we had some good discussions on it. And I would love to hear what. Um, yeah, I, I'd love to hear some real insight into something like that. I think it would be an interesting, I think it would definitely be an interesting discussion. All right. Uh, not, yeah. See, Jeremy says, Jeremy lives off the grid down in Kasilov. He said, even on cloudy days, my solar is already starting to keep my battery bank fully charged, running up my generator about half the time than normal during the winter. Jeremy lives in a, he, he, uh, you know, he is it. He also says the thermoelectric generator for the wood stove is on my bucket list. Then you can charge your phones and keep LED lights going by running your wood stove. Yeah, I mean, there's a whole new thing where they, I mean, they basically you can generate electricity from the heat generated by your wood stove. Um, you know, they've also things like wood gas generators and there's, oh, there's all kinds of things. There's a whole rabbit hole you could go down on something like that. That's for sure. You could, you could run down a, you could, you could run down a complete and total rabbit hole on something like that. Um, so I, uh, but we'll bring somebody on here one of these days that is a little bit more of an expert on this than I am to talk about those things. Uh, but I would think that, uh, like I said, some kind of hybridized system would be the answer for something like that, where it was more of a long-term, um, more of a long-term power out situation kind of thing. Lights out kind of thing. Okay, um, 907-433-3150, 907-433-3150, whatever else you guys want to talk about today, uh, it is a, this is the, this is the time to do it, um, we, we'd love to hear what you have to say, um, 
I would also recommend uh, the book uh, somebody just was talking about it, and the book Lights Out. Uh, if you've never read that book, that's also uh, fantastic. Um, that talk deals ex- specifically with what Sherry was talking about a mass EMP type event that knocks all the power out um, pretty much around the world. And uh, it definitely makes you think about what you would do without. I mean, we count on electricity for so much these days. It'd be like, what do we do now? Uh, how do you, what, what, what do we do? One second after is also, uh, is also another book. I actually interviewed the author of that book. I can't remember what his name is, uh, but I actually interviewed the author of that book. Um, and uh, he was, he was a hoot. That, that's a great book as well. How will you access your money in the bank? How will you get gas for your vehicle? How will you, I mean, it's a question, right? I mean, those are all great questions. If you have no electricity and no access to electricity for a short period of time, how are you going to do any of that? Hmm. That hand pump, that rotary, that rotary fuel pump really makes sense right now, right? So you can draw fuel out of those tanks. That's that, that makes the most sense whatsoever. All right, uh, we're coming up on it. Let's uh, let's get to it. We're going to continue here in just a moment. Uh, phone lines are open. I've got stories, but I'd love to hear what you have to say. Money in the bank, says Kevin. How about goldbacks? HB3. He's not wrong. How about having a little money in your hand? How about a little junk silver? How about a little bit of... Gold back currency with actual gold in it. That would make a lot of sense, wouldn't it? All right. We're going to continue. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense Radio. Regularly heard on American radio. Don't worry, they'll turn your greenbacks into bluebacks and it will all be fine. Don't worry about it. Um, whoa, um. I'm I'm reading through a text message here. Nice. All right. Chris Story just sent me a text. I thought it was about the show today, but it's about something totally different. He's not even listening, and he sent me the text. So. <laughs> I'm giving him. I'm giving him a hard time. I'm giving him a hard time. Um. Jeremy says he it recommends Mark Haller with Midnight Sun Solar did an excellent job in stirring his, installing his current system. Um, uh, all right. Um, ba 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 ba. Don't worry. Whoops. Your government will send you Biden bucks. We will all be fine. Yeah, Chris sent me a text message about my car's extended warranty. That's exactly. We'd like to talk to you about your car's extended warranty. 
We'd like to talk to you about your car's extended warranty, Mr. Story. How many times have I told you? You must do not drive on that side of the road. I'm just... He's always listening. He's listening to me now. So horrible. It's making me scared. I'm very, very frightened. All right. Uh, okay. Um, instead of coal, how about burning... <laughs> oh, my God. That might actually cause more global warming, David. David says, instead of burning coal, how about burning all of the Alaska state regulations? Good luck with that. Good luck with that. Um... I'm going, I'm scroll I'm scrolling backwards here. Um, uh, the issue in the FNSB is knee-jerk reaction. A lot of people don't look at the school budget nor the FNSC budget unless useless spending. At the, with the a lot of people don't look at the school budget, nor the FNSB budget useless spending. Okay. Um what would you do? What if Alaskans receive their full dividend, says Bonnie? What would, you know, what a thought. And Brian said, I'd probably do something stupid like buy new tires or a gun. Probably a gun. Maybe two. I mean, sure. Or put some away for a rainy day. Or maybe buy a solar system just in case I need to, just in case I don't have any power for a while. I mean, why not? Why not? Um, uh, I'm still scrolling. I'm still scrolling backwards here. Oh, somebody was talking about a Lynx. I remember we had a Lynx when we were a kid. Um, um, no, I mean, Lynx has not just been in since night. I don't know what Bill says. Bill says this brand is not the Arctic cat. Oh, it's, this is a brand, not the Arctic cat model. Lynx has only been a brand since 2022. Oh, okay. We had a Lynx when I was a kid, but I think it was an Arctic cat Lynx, um, which was, you know, the smaller snow machine, uh, all the way through. Okay. Um, check out the Peltier lamp that uses a candlelight to produce electricity. Um, all right. Well, oh, I don't know. I just i I got a bunch of I got a bunch of uh, political stories up here on my screen. Do I even care about them at this moment? Kind of. I'm now. I'm thinking about this now. I'm thinking about this whole electricity thing and what would I do and how would I. Hmm. I mean, how much power would you have to have? I know some people have, uh, you know, I know some people have installed those big, you know, 10, 12 kW generators and then plumb them into their, plumb them into their, uh, their, their natural gas or their propane, right? So they got a big propane tank or a big natural gas tank or sometimes diesel, depending on what they're doing. But I don't know. I mean, that that makes a lot of racket, makes a lot of noise. Uh, unless you have it built into a secondary, you know, enclosed space off the side of your house, it still makes noise. Um, but how much fuel would you burn on a daily basis? Hmm. 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 
Interesting. Um, I'm thinking about it. Now I'm thinking about it. Um, Ham Radio Net. Ham Radio Net Show, MD. That's what she he uh, Kevin wants to talk about Ham Radio. I've got a friend who's a Ham Radio junkie, aficionado. Maybe we should bring him on to talk about it. I mean, I would not, I would not be against that at all. All right, here we go. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty Based, Free Thinking Radio. Like, share, subscribe, ring the bell. The Michael Duke Show. Seriously humorous with a pinch of intellect. <laughs> pinch of intellect. Sorry. That is humorous. Here's Michael Dukes. Well, we... <laughs> I mean, we got into some weird... I mean, we started thinking like this. What if? What are we What are we doing? What are we thinking about? I mean, how much electricity would I need to do? And if I'm working on... And really, I mean, now I'm just kind of babbling, but I just got into thinking about all these different things. Um, Sherry really got me thinking about that. I'm like, well, yeah, I don't have a, I need, I need a better plan for electricity. I mean, the generator's fine, but it's all short term, right? Unless you, unless you spent a bunch of money on, um, you know, you got a whole home generation system, which you can do. I mean, what do they got those, you know, 10, 12 kilo, uh, kW, uh, uh, you know, generator setups that are wired to your house and, you know, you flip a switch and it flips it off the inner tie and it fires it up and, you know, you've got the the generator, it's in a little shed that's a, a butts to your house or built up next to it or whatever, or even just kind of out on its own little concrete pad. And now you've got it wired into your I don't know, natural gas or your propane tank or your diesel fuel tank or whatever your source is. Um, I mean, <clears throat> if you got money, that's, I guess that's a, but I mean, that's, that's a, I mean, that's gotta be a 20 or $30,000 solution. That's not something that the average person's just like, I think I'm just going to throw all this stuff up there. Ah, uh, you know, you know, I just don't think it's going to happen, but Maybe you dedicate, I don't know, six, eight feet of wall space in your garage for, you know, 10, 12 feet, whatever it is. And you put a rack of batteries up there and you get the inverters and you put the thing. I mean, I think you could probably do that fairly inexpensively. Put some solar panels up on the south facing. I mean, I'm lucky the whole my whole house here, the south face, it's all south facing. So I could see the sun from the time it rises to just, you know, all on one side of the house. That would be perfect. Um, and then the question is, how much would you need to top it off with your uh, with your regular generator? Hmm. Um, Lisa, Lisa says, I'd put my dogs on a treadmill and let them generate power. Sure. Sure. I mean, and then, yes, you would have to. Then you would have to prioritize, you know, you couldn't use the hairdryer or the curler or the toaster or the vacuum clean. I mean, you know, you'd have to ditch the microwave, although I think you'd have a hard time selling that one to some people because that's the only way they know how to cook. But you can live with a lot of stuff, you know. Um, and now, of course, all the lights uh, are, you know, well, more and more of the lights are all LED, and so um, you can get away with a lot of, of, of uh, lighting for next to nothing. Uh, it doesn't generate, it doesn't draw a whole lot of power at all. 
Um, and then Kevin asked in the chat room about talking about ham radio, uh, ham radio net. Um, um, and uh, I have friends who are ham radio enthusiasts, and I'm sure they would love to come on and talk about that. It would be it would be interesting. Uh, but I think for a couple thousand bucks, you probably could set up a whole system in your place that would just be there as a backup in case you needed it. I mean, you know, again, I'm not an expert and I don't quote me on the price, but I imagine you probably could. I imagine you could probably scab it together. I've watched enough videos on people can what my wife shakes her head because one of my favorite things to do is watch people take an old bus and convert it into a motorhome. I don't know why. I just find it a fascinating process. I love watching people, you know, take this old school bus or this old city bus or this old, you know, Greyhound and convert the whole thing into, um, you know, convert the whole thing into like a home on wheels. I mean, they're not they're not making it a motor home. They're making it a um, uh, they're making it a like a they're 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 going to live in it. It's not just we're taking it for a weekend jaunt. They're going to live in it. And there's something about that that I just love, kind of that open road spirit and the fact that they're putting all their heart. Anyway, it's a I'm sorry. It's it's just one of those things. It's a it's a one of those things that I find fascinating. And um, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Chris Story is uh, sending me uh, <laughs> sending me encouragement um, on the thing. Uh but it is uh, it's a fascinating thing, but I've seen enough of them do like conversions where they put power in and they put battery systems and it's because you've got to run like a house inside this bus. That was my whole point of that story that I got sideways on. Yes, it's probably more interesting than listening to dead air, but not my much. Anyway, um, so what if I think we should bring some experts on instead of me just pontificating on this? But, uh, yeah, I don't need a hair curler either, David. David says, I don't need a, I don't need a, a, a hair curler. Uh, Jeremy, who again lives down in Kasilov and lives off the grid. He's a listener who lives off the grid down in Kasilov. He says, my entire 1200 watt system only cost me just over $5,000. That's with professional installment would have been much cheaper if I'd put it together myself. Like I did my first system, but he wanted the warranty. Okay. Well, there you go. I mean, that's, that's. You know, you can do it. You can do it. It's only money. It's only, and you'll be thankful that you use that money for something like that. If the power ever did go out and you needed to stay off the grid, you would be very happy about that for sure. Um, all right. What else did I want to, uh, touch on here? Uh, Ben Carpenter's bill is making it over onto the floor Right now, the proposed amendment to the Constitution that would guarantee the permanent fund payout um, is uh, is made its way to the House floor. HJR 7 would pay out whatever the dividend was set in state law. So whatever the formula is in statute, it would be required to pay out. The 82 dividend formula would currently be used if followed this year. Alaska's would be eligible to receive roughly $3,400 in dividends. That would create a billion-dollar deficit. I mean, the way they account for it now, the way they accounted for it before, 
the state was already in deficit for what they had going on, but I don't even want to talk about that. Carpenter said the intent behind the constitutional amendment, according to the ADN, was to force legislators to discuss the formula used to calculate the dividend and the state's long-term finances. He said, quote, we have a structural deficit with regard to low oil prices and a low return on investment earnings. That puts our states in a precarious position, unquote, which I think is the understatement of the century. Basically, we have no fiscal plan and we have no plan on moving forward with it. This is just the first part. And the story again in the ADN uh, from Sean McGuire goes on to talk a little bit about the rest of the fiscal plan, meaning that we need a uh, that we need a, uh, a, a maybe bit of a revenue that we need a, a tax cap that we need, a, a, you know, all these other kind of things. But even Carpenter admits that with all the focus on the education and the inlet gas shortages, that fiscal measures are just not going to happen this year at all. Um, several lawmakers said that if the uh, constitutional amendment was put before a vote uh, in the uh, House and the Senate, that it would be close in the House to meet the 27 vote threshold because it has to meet that it has to meet that high threshold for the uh, the two thirds majority in the uh, in the in both bodies to make it because it is a constitutional amendment and then it has to go for the people. Um, Homer uh, Republican Sarah Vance has long supported using the historical dividend formula. On Tuesday, she said she supported the constitutional amendment as a step in the right direction to resolve the long-running dividend issue. Uh, She said people are tired of the legislature not solving the problem. Which, amen. We're tired of them kicking the can down the road continuously. Now, here's where it gets interesting. Cliff Grow, the Democrat from Anchorage and the House Minority member, said he supports the constitutional amendment, but that new revenue measures like a state income tax and an oil tax hike would also be required. Well, but it's a single subject rule. You can't include both in the same bill, right, Cliff? I mean, that's what we that's. I mean, that's what Ben's been trying to do. He's been trying to get all these things together to do them at once. And he keeps getting shot down about you got to have this thing. You can't you can't tie one to the other. Right. I mean, Cliff Grow wants a state income tax and an oil tax tax uh, hike. And that's the only way he would support this. Well, how are you going to do that when you can't run them all together in one bill? Andy Josephson said he would do whatever he could to ensure that this measure did not pass because he said it was, quote, an appallingly bad idea. It's an appallingly bad idea. Andy Josephson said, I fought passionately against exorbitant dividends, and this is worse than that. This is permanent exorbitant dividend. I just, you know, I'm sorry. Mega, supersized, exorbitant. I love all these phrases that they use. I mean, for years, this was just, this was fine, fine, just fine. Until it got to a certain level and they realized how much money was passing them by. And then they're like, oh, we we need some of that. We need that. Bring that money over here. We'll take care of that for you. It's an exorbitant dividend. Uh, anyway. It's un, it's unclear when the uh, amendment will be scheduled for a vote in the House uh, or whether it will before it's advanced to the Senate. The measure appeared on Monday and Tuesday's House floor calendar. 
but this education bill sucking up all the oxygen in the room. I got stuff to say about that because there's some there's some there's some stuff that came out last night about that that we'll talk about. But uh, Carpenter said that with all the passions inflamed over school funding, there may need to be a tactical pause before the amendment is heard on the House floor. Um, and uh, we'll we'll see what happens. I, for one, am all about putting this thing through. I, for one, am all ready to see this uh, HJR um, make it to, to the floor so that we can vote on it and let the people decide, HJR 7, whether or not that a dividend should be paid. I think you'll find that a dividend should be paid and that people are for that. The question is what'll happen then on the what'll happen then on the formula. That'll be the interesting part. All right, phone lines are still open. We could talk about whatever, what if, what if Wednesday, whatever Wednesday, we could talk more about politics. I'll give you the latest up next, the Michael Duke show, Common Sense Radio. Yeah, let the people decide. Let the people decide. That's what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> plan. We don't need no stinking plan. I'm telling you, man, we got this covered. We don't need no stinking plan. We know what we're doing. Do you know what you're doing? We don't need no stinking plan. We've got this. We are in control and we know what we're doing. I think. Maybe. We'll see. Oh, Benteo. All right. Um, how about bringing someone on talking about the newest heat pumps, especially for Alaska cold weather? Can they be used in Alaska? You're talking about thermal ground loop heat pumps? Is that what you're talking about? Because the answer to that is yes, they can be used. Um. That I know that for certain because I've we've talked about that on the program before. Um, excuse me. Uh, solar panels, however, are coming down. Bifacial are now less than one dollar a watt. Okay. Um. Wow, Chris is being verbose this morning. He said he just pulled his heat pump. Um, um, he just pulled his heat pump. Cost a fortune in electricity for his heat pump. Yeah, I suppose that would be... Um, I suppose that would do it. Um... I didn't consider that you'd have to have a reliable, you'd have to have a reliable and affordable electricity to run the heat pump. Uh, I mean, you have to look at it. You, you know, when you look at a system like that, you have to look at every aspect of the system to generate the heat. What is the cost and everything else? $700 a month, says Chris. $700 in electricity to run the heat pump. Ooh, ah, 
Ooh, thank you, H-E-A. Thank you, H-E-A. <laughs> um, all right. Donna says, let the people decide. She didn't use that voice, though. It sounded a lot more feminine when she said it. But in my mind, all I heard was, let the people decide. They can decide for themselves. Um, <laughs> uh, I could probably run the water well off my solar system, but I don't want to tax my batteries any more than necessary. Um, um, uh, if I don't have to fire any alder in my freezer and keep everything charged and running. Um, Jeremy's got like the full setup out there. He said, it's been a few years where I didn't have to fire my generator, hardly any at all to run my freezer and keep everything charged and running, only firing the generator for the water well to fill the water jugs once a week. And that takes about one minute. He probably said, I could probably run the water well off my solar system, but I don't want to tax my batteries any more than necessary. That's kind of a nice setup. Um, but. You know, again, we'll, we'll see, you know, we'll see what they, what they got going on. Um, yeah, you'd be surprised how little electricity you can live with. A lot of that stuff in your house doesn't need, even need to be running, like all the digital displays and the LED lights on the electronics. Yeah, I mean, why do you need all that stuff? I'm with you on that. I'm with you. Uh, and then with your Starlink, you're all... You're all squared away. Do a YouTube channel, Jeremy. That's what Brian says. You should do a YouTube channel on living off the grid in Alaska. That'd probably get some views. I mean, that would probably get some that would that would probably get some views right there. Okay. Um <laughs> I want Chris to call in now and tell us all about his uh, heat pump extrig his, his saga on the heat pump. Like, tell me about this. This because this is supposed to be like one of the better ways. Is it just because the electricity is so expensive in Homer, or what's going on? Um, <laughs> but my gaming systems. I know that's the first thing I thought was like, oh man. I have to be gaming on my laptop. My laptop doesn't last very long without the power attached to it. Um, anyway, um, vampire electrical is very real. What does that mean, Kevin? Sorry, I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed this morning. What does that mean? Like somebody's leeching off somebody else? I don't know. I don't know. Okay, um, I guess that's, uh, do you really think they will follow the statute and not change it? Oh, no, I think that they would definitely change it, Charlie. But then they would have to live by the vote. Charlie's asking about HJR7. If they, I mean, if they got to that point, they would actually have to live with that vote. They couldn't, they couldn't just simply ignore it now. They would have to go on record as to where they want that statutory formula to be, and they would have to live with that, which is, I mean, that would put them in a pain point that they probably don't want to be in. But there you go. Um, we got to go. Uh, we'll be back. Uh, the Michael Duke Show. Common Sense Radio. Call up. 
Let's talk about whatever. Or we could talk about politics. I mean, I'm, I'm good either way. Back with more. Here we go. Put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Live around the world on the interwebs at MichaelDukeshow.com and across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator. Hello. Good morning to you, my friends. It is this beautiful hump day. Um, and I mean, it's 31 degrees. <laughs> Which is, I mean, when I got up this morning, it was 27 degrees and it was snowing on top of all the water that froze overnight because everything melted yesterday. And then it dusted it with snow and now it's taking it right back to that freezing point. So, so if you were planning on going to work today, you might want to leave a little early because we you might skate all the way in. I mean, it's just it's just one of those things. You might just be cautious. I mean, that's just in the South Central area, but wherever you are, take a look outside and make sure that you you know what's going on. <laughs> oh, man, it's crazy. Anyway, it's Wednesday. Now, normally today in this hour, we're joined by State Senator Mike Schauer, but he had a meeting this morning, and a couple days ago he asked me if he could beg off until tomorrow. So he's coming on the program tomorrow, which is fine by me. I mean, that's fine. At least, at least I know ahead of time it's gonna be. Um, I'm, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. Um. So today we've just been talking about, well, whatever. It's kind of a whatever Wednesday. Whatever we want to talk about, uh, we did uh, what if stuff. Um, and we might continue uh, on that here this morning. Uh, we've been kind of all over the place talking about different things. Uh, we talked about HJR 7 as well, the House Joint Resolution 7, which would put the constitutional question in front of the voters as to whether or not they should enshrine the payout for the dividend in the Constitution. Now, it wouldn't enshrine a formula. It would just say that the dividend shall be paid according to the statutory formula. 
then the legislature would have the freedom to change the statutory formula as they see fit. Um, if they paid it at its current rate, it would be 3400 bucks a person or something like that. Uh, but they would also have the opportunity to change it if they have the political will to do so, uh, which um, it's, you know, it's crazy. Uh, so anyway, that uh, that issue is now sitting in the House. It was supposed to come up for a vote, but this education bill is kind of sucking up all the oxygen in the room. Now, I think I know what's going to happen with education. I think it's already kind of been a done deal. Um, I think um, I think that uh, there might only already be a deal in place. I don't know if anybody saw the landmine tweet last night at about 5.17 over on X, the landmine posted, so something interesting is happening in the Alaska legislature. It appears that Representative Schrage cut a deal with the House majority and Governor Dunleavy on the education bill. It seems the House majority and minority have bonded over their distaste for Representative Edgman and are ready to send him a message. I don't know why it would be Edgman, although he's been one of the most vocal ones about, you know, against this whole thing. The deal includes teacher retention bonuses, correspondent school money, and a $680 BSA increase. That leaves one problem. The Senate was not included in the deal. With all the ads, the fiscal note is now ballooned over to over $300 million. Dollars. Oh, and the BSA increase is permanent. He said there's no way the Senate goes for that. Things could get very loose. This is this is the landmine uh, tweet from last night. And then uh, about an hour later, they said no one from the minority is on guard duty in the chambers. Few are talking. It's very quiet in the Capitol. All indications that a deal has been cut. And then an hour after that, House majority just walked out of caucus. No one is talking. Telltale signs that deals have been made. So there we go. It looks like there might be a deal cut and they're supposed to get together this morning at what time were they supposed to get together this morning? I want to say they were supposed to get together this morning at 11 to discuss this in the uh, in the house. Um, but we'll we'll see what happens here. Um, again, I have to go back and going back to seeing all these discussions, I have to see, I have to laugh at the wounded pride that Shreggy continues to promote out there about how he's just, I just complain that the minority has not been involved in the house education negotiations and called Monday's closed door meetings, a good initial discussion because he finally is involved, even though they never wanted to involve the Republicans when they were in the minority. But now He's got the he's got the ear of the of the bleeding uh, of the bleeding news media. And so he gets to go out there and cry about how he's just not been involved. But now they're going to move forward on a path that allows us to adequately fund public education. This is what the prediction was all along, folks, was that they were going to get everything in the bill. Brad Keithley talked about this, how they were going to Christmas tree this up, how they were going to get everything that the bill wanted and they were going to increase that BSA from 300 to 600 or 650. And lo and behold, that's what the landmine saying that it's going to be 680. 
And so they're going to get everything they want. Now, the question is, will the Senate go for it? Because the Senate is, they are set on this 1413 number. They're just, I mean, they're just bound and determined to do whatever they can do. Um, but I think what you'll see is I think you'll see the governor come back and lay the hammer on that. And uh, whether it's in final budget or not, he will lay it down and probably line item that down to the, probably the $600 mark at this point. Um, again, there was an, <laughs> there's another article about the education bill from yesterday uh, on KTUU. And again, I highlighted, I'm just looking through my highlights of the notes that I took this morning and I'm looking through this. But again, Calvin Schrege, um talking about what's going on with the bill. Shreggy said he was dismayed about the six new financial impact statements known as fiscal notes that have been added to what he feels is already an expensive bill. I think what's been done to SB 140 in the House this year, frankly, is a betrayal of good process in this body and fails to do the work that our constituents expect us to do, to understand and to vet the legislation that's before us and to understand the potentially severe financial consequences of what we may or may not do. This is the same guy, by the way, that was all about when they were in power coming in, writing a complete and total substitute for the budget giving it to the whole body and giving them 90 minutes to take a look at it and vote on it. That mean that involved the the minority was not involved in that process at all. They were essentially with a gun to their head given the budget from the majority as a substitute, meaning they substituted the whole thing and then walked up and said you got 90 minutes, we're going to take a vote in 90 minutes on this. I mean, th- this is the same guy that's going on about I mean, this is nuts. This is just nutty. This is a betrayal of good process in this body. Yeah, it's a betrayal. You are, you guys are such hypocrites. I mean, a lot of politicians are, but seriously, you guys right now being in the minority, it's like it doesn't even affect them because, again, they've got the ear of the news media and they can just, oh, crap, look at us. They're treating us so badly. I mean, pay no attention to the fact that we treated them just as badly. In the in fact, it was just kind of turned up, but don't pay attention to that. Pay attention to the fact that right now they're pay, they're treating us badly. And the news media is just, they're just supping it up like mother's milk. You know what I mean? Just like nobody's asking the question like, well, didn't you do the same thing to them back in the day? Well, it doesn't matter. Anyway, (laughs) this whole thing, I, I, I fully expect that we will get an announcement today that they've come to some kind of miraculous uh, miraculous conclusion that they've all kumbaya and come to an understanding and they'll vote it out of the house and it will head over to the Senate and then something else will happen there. I mean, you know, it's just, just it's something else will happen there. Oh man. So, uh, anyway, that's, uh, that's the big news on this education thing because they just, there's nothing else going on. This is all sucking up all the oxygen in the room. I want to know what's happening. Um, I want to know what's happening with the, with the, uh, the defined benefits bill. Where is that right now? I mean, it left the, it left the Senate, but is it just going to sit in limbo in the house? I mean, I hope so. Don't get me wrong. I hope it is. 
until we see this. I want to see this new dedicated fiscal note. I want to see what's going on with that for sure. I want to know what's happening there. Um, and then we saw how much time do I got? Uh, I'll come back to this one. Um, I will say this though. If you, uh, if you like some Domino's pizza, you can thank them for plowing your streets. What? In Anchorage. Domino's asked some U.S. cities if they wanted money for snow plowing, and Anchorage residents said, yes, please. This is one of the most brilliant marketing campaigns I've ever heard of. I mean, somebody at Domino's deserves a raise, right? They, the, the Domino's pizza, right? is giving a total of $500,000 in grants to 20 U.S. cities to support their snow plowing efforts. Uh, The Anchorage is signed up for the grant. They're going to receive $25,000 in grant money from Domino's. And uh, it's a brilliant, I mean, it's a brilliant PR maneuver because everybody's talking about Domino's Pizza and how they were doing it and and what's going on. Earlier this winter, Domino's put out an open call for public nominations, which included emails and zip codes, and it saw a significant amount of nominations from Anchorage, from folks who lived in Anchorage. Um, They said they couldn't give you exact numbers, but they said the city was among the top five with the most nominations to receive some of this funding money from, um, from Domino's Pizza. Uh, they go on to talk about in the story about how this has really become kind of a political football that the mayor's kind of got, you know, tossed it back and forth. Uh, the international pizza company over the last few years has ramped up efforts to build up goodwill and increase publicity, including its snowplow grant program, Plowing for Pizza, which launched similar initiatives to give out small grants to towns and cities to patch potholes and improve roads. There's nothing standing in the way of getting a delicious pizza, including snowy, cold weather, said the president of Domino's USA. So, yes, you heard it right. A pizza company is actually helping to plow roads. It's brilliant, man. This is a brilliant marketing campaign. God, I wish I'd thought of it. I wish that I would. And for only 500000 bucks, I mean, that's nothing. The goodwill that you're going to get out of it, the the notoriety, the news stories like this one in the local papers where they're going to talk about it. And I mean, this is just this is going to be great. On top of the money, Anchorage will also get a winter themed Domino's plowing for pizza kit. It includes items such as winter hats, scarves, a snow measuring stick, a sign and vehicle magnets, along with two hundred dollars in gift cards for snowplow drivers. Because those guys got to eat. <laughs> this is a brilliant. I just love this idea. This is a find a need, fill a need kind of thing. You guys are awesome. So, I mean, I don't really like Domino's pizza too much because I, it's a personal preference. But, you know, I might buy a Domino's pizza just to support that one time. Just because, <laughs> dang. I mean, it's just so brilliant. So, so brilliant. $500,000 for, I mean... That is uh, that is great. All right, uh, we got to go. Uh, we're running up against the break. Uh, we will continue in just a second. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. We'll be back with more in just a moment. And your phone calls, by the way, the phone lines are open. Anything is any topic is fair game today. Whatever you want to chat about, 
We'd love to hear about it from you. So give us a ring. We'll be back right after this. Don't go anywhere. Running on 100% pure beard power. Oh, also some coffee. We dip our beard in coffee. Ha, <laughs> nice beard. The Michael Duke Show. Okay, where was I? Where was I? So, um, okay. So what is the effect on spending if SB 140 dies? I don't know. We'd have to see what the full rest of the budget looks like, right? I mean, we'd have to see where it goes. Um, Line item it to zero, force uh, consolidation, switch to Starlink in the bush, run the schools like a business. Yeah, there you go. Um, Brian was headed off to the, uh, he's headed off to the big smoke. He's headed off to the day. Um, if anything else happens, it'll be in conference committee, says Rob, the defines, um, um, the defined benefits is currently in house state affairs. The retirement subcommittee had a hearing on all the retirement bills last week. Nothing has moved. Okay. Uh, James says, so you're arguing for bad process because it's precedent. Great way to instill trust in the legislature. No, James, it's not what I was arguing for. I'm arguing for the fact that they are crying and whining about exactly what they did in the past as well. I mean, it's, <laughs> I mean, you see it however you want to see it, James. I'm sure you see that I'm, a- I'm arguing for in favor of a bad process. That's not what I was doing, but you know, you do you brother, you do you. Um, a brilliant marketing plan would be for Elon Musk to step up and offer Starlink for, to all the Bush schools would totally negate SB 140's reason for being. That's true. Uh, Debbie, I did see your email. I don't know what to do about it, quite honestly, because I've already forwarded all the information off like an hour after I said it. So we'll, we'll figure something out. We'll see what we'll figure something out, Debbie. Thank you uh, for the email. I did see it. Sorry, I've got a million things going on. Um, why in the hell should anyone trust the legislature to begin with, says Jeremy? That's, that's a good question. Um, Rob says, if SB 140 dies, there would be no change to spending. Most likely there would be an additional amount of one-time school funding in the budget this year. There you go. Um and the governor can't line item veto SB 140. He only has the power for budget bills. Well, explain the difference on that to me, Rob. What is the difference between SB 140, which is it's an appropriations bill, right? Um, so I don't understand that. Explain to me why the actual budget bill, he can't line item veto anything that is not part of the operating or capital budget specifically on its face. Is that it? He can't. He can't veto any other bill that's outside of that 
component, even though it, it it's expending money? Is that what you're saying? I I'm I'm curious. I, I wasn't aware of that. Um, I mean, I learn something new every day, folks. Don't don't get it twisted. I learn something new every single day. Okay. Um, it's not uh, SB one forty is not an appropriations bill. Uh, does it commit money? So it's not appropriate. Okay, somebody's going to have to explain that to me. Um, because we're spending money, we're committing money to specific things. Maybe we're splitting hairs here. Maybe, uh, maybe I, you know, like I said, I learn something new every day. Um, maybe somebody can call up and explain that to me. Maybe somebody can call up and explain that to me exactly why it's not an appropriation bills, policy bills. It's a policy bill, not an appropriation bill. Policy bills can only have a straight up or down veto. Okay. Um, but if you're connecting a dollar amount to it, is there another bill that, that funds the policy bill? Could he veto a portion of the bill that's funding the policy? This is convoluted. I did not, I did not know that. Did not know that. I have questions. Now I have more questions than when I started. Okay, that's, that's fine. Let's, uh, let's, uh, let's talk about this, I guess, right now. The Michael Duke Show, proudly splitting the left versus right uh, dichotomy. Yeah, I had to look that word up, too. I don't think it means what he thinks it means. There he is, though. That guy, Michael Dukes, the one with the show. So here I am in the background getting a master class on... Um, Because somebody said something about, well, the, the governor could veto it. Maybe he vetoes it down to a certain amount, SB 140, yada, yada, yada. And then somebody says, um, it, you can't, um, <laughs> that you can't veto SB 140. You can't line item veto it. Um, the governor can't line item veto SB 140. This is Rob Myers. Senator Myers is in the chat room. He says he only has um, he only has the power for budget bills, and that SB one hundred and forty is a policy bill, not an appropriation bills. Policy bills can only have a straight up or down veto, and to the which I said, okay, great, except for the policy bill is essentially appropriating or committing funds, so. Can the governor, could the governor then veto the bill that would commit the funds to the policy bill? Because I'd never, I guess I'd never gotten down into the weeds on the vetoes in that regards, because usually the vetoes are talked about during the budgeting process, right? So that's, so that's a budget bill. So that, and then uh, uh, Rob says, because everything is subject to appropriation, the governor could theoretically veto the education spending out of the budget after he passed the policy bill. But that's highly unlikely. Um, 
I mean, wow, that's, that's just, it's definitely convoluted. Definitely convoluted. Uh, many, many policy bills commit spending. I mean, SB 88, the defined benefits bill, is one example of that. Uh, it would be apparently a straight up or down vote on that. I mean, I I have questions. Like I said, I just started out this I started out this segment with more questions than I had at the end of the last segment, based simply on that comment that the governor could not veto. So if SB 140 dies, there's going to be no change because he can't veto a partial. He couldn't, let's, for example, let's say that they got it up to the $680 for the BSA in the SB 140, which is what is being reported by the landmine is the current deal going on behind the scenes. The governor couldn't come back and veto the 680 back down to 300 because he couldn't line out and veto the whole thing. He'd have to up or down vote the whole, which is... I mean, I got so many questions right now as to how does that work and what what goes on with that? What what makes that whole thing uh, fly? Um, I see that I have a uh, I got the one call here and it looks like um, hold on a second here. I've got Senator Rob Myers calling me um, on the phone and I wasn't ready to connect everything to the system. So let's see if we can get him. uh, Let's see if we can get him on board. Uh, and we are, it's trying to connect and we're good to go. Can you hear me, Rob? Uh, of course he can't hear me because every time I try and connect this thing in the mean, in the mid range, let me call you right back, Rob. Um, uh, let me call you right back. Uh, we're going to try this again because Rob, I want to hear what Rob has to say on this because I think this is, a, I think this is an interesting discussion. Let's get, uh, Senator Rob Myers on board for this specific for this specific issue. Well, that was weird. <laughs> Are we calling Europe? Are you there? Oh, well, hello. Hold hold the line for just a second uh, because can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Okay, we're doing this live on the air, man, right now. All this technology is failing like crazy. Hello, my friend. How are you? Morning, Michael. I'm doing all right. Man, you sounded like, I was just, I don't know what was going on there. But uh, all right, Rob. So save me from myself because my brain is melting over this stuff. I'm just like, what? The, I did. I, I'm like, what is going on with this? Um, so I guess the only time I ever think about vetoes is when usually we're in the budget process to begin with. And then I'm thinking about what the governor's going to do. I never once considered that the governor wouldn't be able to veto another bill especially because all appropriations should be subject to veto. Um, and, uh-huh. But a policy bill, while it commits appropriations, is not appropriating in and of itself. Is that what you're saying? That is correct. Um, so we have, have two kinds of bills in the legislature. There are policy bills and appropriation bills is one way to think about it. So um, to, to use an analogy with the PFD, since we've gone through that for eight or nine years now, there is a policy bill that sets the PFD formula in statute, you know, that was passed way back in the 80s. And we've talked about 
different policy bills that would change that formula now. You can veto that policy bill completely, but you can't line item veto it. So the governor can't change it to, to be whatever he wants inside of there. That kind of commits you to say, this is our policy of what we're going to spend, but it doesn't actually spend the money. The spending of the money has to then go through an appropriation bill. And as Governor Walker pointed out, and honestly, that was not the first time Governor Murkowski had done a couple of vetoes kind of like this too. It's you can veto out the spending from the budget, even though you didn't change the policy. And that's the that's effectively what the Supreme Court ruled in the Wilkowski case. That's what they ruled back in the Simpson case back after um, after uh, Governor Murkowski vote, vetoed the longevity bonus um, is effectively since everything is subject to appropriation, you can you can veto out the appropriation even after the policy has been enacted. So, like you said, theoretically, if the if they go along with the SB 140, the governor could at the end of this whole deal come back and light on him veto that that portion of the spending without doing the policy, but he couldn't line item veto in the policy bill itself. Correct. Yeah, but I don't think that's a, I don't think the governor's going to do that. He is every indication that I've gotten is that he's going to look at whatever comes out of SB 140, judge it as a whole veto it, you know, uh, you know, judge it up or down with a veto or not. And then he will follow that policy. Uh, Interesting. Are you, I mean, you saw, I'm assuming uh, I I quoting this, uh, this uh, Twitter uh, post this morning, this tweet this morning. Um, Are you hearing anything along those lines? Like there is a deal going on in the background. I mean, I know you're in the minority, the closet caucus, but I mean, what, uh, what you know? Are you hearing anything on anything that's going on? Is there some kind of deal, or or is this all hope and hope and dreams? My understanding was there was a deal on Monday, but obviously that all fell apart. Um, I, I hadn't heard anything. Um, I saw Jeff's tweet last night, um, but I I hadn't heard anything specific uh, along those lines. Um, it's possible. Um, my understanding was. Uh, that the deal was they were going to increase the BSA in 140, uh, but probably go back to the 680 that the Senate passed last year, um, but uh, and then and then pass SB 140 as is. And now there may be some additions on the House floor for other policy type things. Um, you know, I, I don't know what that would be. Uh, at one point, I heard that they had 140 amendments drafted. Um, for that bill on the floor. Wow. Um, <laughs> so oh I, I have no idea what the vote's going to be on all those, or even if all of them will be offered. My guess is that some of them won't be. Um, but that's that's <laughs> what uh, the situation was last time. You'd think this was a budget bill, 140 amendments. I mean, I, you know, <laughs> my God, for a single... Um, and of course the question is they're running up against the clock too, right? Because they want to get all this Correct. sweet federal lucre in there to make sure that Quintillion and GCI get their cut, uh, instead of just buying some Starlink boxes for everybody, they got to go out there and spend billions of dollars putting fiber in. Um, but they, they, they got a limited time, right? That, that is correct. Uh, the, the feds have a time limit of, I think it's the end of the month or something close to that, February 27th or something. 
um, to say you have to have this up and running and apply for the, the grants uh, in order to get them this year. And the issue is that that means that the House has to pass it. They got to give it back to the Senate. The Senate has to vote on it. Theoretically, you could have a conference committee uh, really quick to iron out differences because remember, this started as just the bag bill and you know, all this other stuff has been added. So basically everything except the bag portion would be up for up for conference. Right. Um, and then you got to have both sides vote on whatever comes out of the conference committee. If you have one and then you got to get it over to the governor and he has to sign it to put it into law and has to all have that done. Before the February, de- what, 27th, or right something. before the deadline, right. The first of March or whatever it is. So you've got right. you've got eight days basically to get your poop in a group to get it all done. Good luck with that. I mean, you know, good luck with yeah, that. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. And that's that's what has been going on with this thing is there there you the that that deadline is part of what's pushing all of this because um, you know, it's kind of like the deadline at the end of the session with the um uh with the budget. You know, you have to have the budget passed. Um, we can't go home until we do, and uh, you have to have the budget passed before the fiscal year starts. Well, this is another deadline that we're putting up against, and so that's uh, you know, that's, that's a lot of what's going on with this thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I don't know if it would be the worst thing in the world if this internet bill didn't pass. I mean, from my point of view, because again, I, I mean, I just don't see why they're throwing especially with the technology changes and that's a whole nother show, but I mean, it wouldn't hurt my feelings if this bill didn't, didn't go through. Right. Uh, and maybe yeah. cooler heads could prevail. We could come back and start talking about some of these things more. It, Cause I always hate it when there's a rush, you know, some kind of false, whether it's true or whether uh-huh. it's a, it's a time compression being used as a weapon. I always hate that because we never seem to make the best decisions under that kind of pressure. You know, and and sometimes it's uh, it, it it turns into a case of are we making the best decisions or are we even making a decision? Because you know, I'm, let's be honest, sometimes the legislature doesn't make a decision without time with without a time crunch. That's true. I mean, sometimes they have to have that pressure to actually get the job done because otherwise they would dither forever and get analysis paralysis. But I don't know. This is just so, I mean, at this point, I, I, like I said, I think I'd just rather see the bill come to grief and, uh, and then we, we'd start fresh, uh, on the other side. Well, this is what, this is why they call it making sausage, right? Yeah. Well, and again, it was never meant to be easy, right? It was never, that is true. Me- it was never meant to be easy. It was always meant to be difficult. And anytime somebody starts decrying the process and about how we need to make it more streamlined, those are the people you need to worry about because they obviously didn't understand that that process is intentionally messy because otherwise you'd just railroad laws right on through all the time. So, yep. Um, it'll be good stuff. All right. Well, thank you, Rob, for calling in and clarifying. I mean, I was totally confused about that. I guess I'd never really considered a veto outside of the budget, the end of the end of the session budget cycle. We really hadn't talked too much about the specifics of a veto. So I guess that makes sense. Although maybe not to some people. So (laughs) anyway, (laughs) all right. I appreciate it, my friend. Thank you for uh, calling in this morning. Yeah. All right. We'll talk to you later, Michael. All right. Uh, Senator Rob Myers, uh, our guest uh, here on the program. Um, All right. Well, that brings us up to the 
I guess this is the final break. How did we get here? This is the final break of the show for this morning. We'll continue. And um, we'll see what else. I got some other stories here. Uh, including this story about, oh, I was so angry about this the other day. And then here it is. They've already reversed themselves. We're going to talk about this. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty Base, Free Thinking Radio. Back with more right after this. Listen to by more staffers in Juno than any other show. Because their bosses told them to. And after what they just heard, oh man, they're going to be pissed. You're a bad, bad man. The Michael Duke Show. Okay, uh, we are in the break and we are continuing. I see that we've got one phone call here in the in the thing, uh, in on the phones. So we're going to talk about that here in just a second. We'll get their name. Um, if there are fewer students and two, um, this is Melissa. Uh, she says, if there are fewer students and two, possibly four schools are being closed, which would mean fewer teachers and one would hope fewer administrators. Why are the people in the FNSB being held up for more money? And if the bill is being passed, what's the point of voting? Well, the bill is being passed to put it in front of the voters, Melissa. So the point of voting is to vote it down. That's the that's the big point here. But your other points are valid. And by the fact, by the way, <clears throat> Bryce Ward the mayor admitted that they didn't find just $12 million, which was what was being reported earlier. They found $41 million <clears throat> between the couch cushions. That all of a sudden they're like, oh, well, we got. So you're still asking for $10 million, even though you just found $41 million in surprise money in your stuff. And uh, yeah. Um. Let's see. Uh, for those of us who pay our own bills, none of this makes sense. Yeah, I got it. I got that for sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> Melissa actually hits Randy right in the chops on this one. Randy, you already see the PFD as a public assistant payment. You can't talk out of both sides of your mouth, uh, which is true. He already sees it as a public assistant payment, so he's already there on that. So, you know, you're just you're never going to change Randy's mind because he can't fundamentally we can't fun agree on the fundamentals of is the PFD your money or not. He sees it as government money. It's all government money and the government's here to help us and they'll do the right thing. Cuckoo, cuckoo, we are the walrus. That's kind of his whole thing on it. So it is what it is. Uh, OK, um, I'm going to have to watch this video that Brian sent earlier. 
San Francisco re-examines its procurement process. For seven years, San Francisco kept a ban on a business ban on states that would divide the, defy the values of the city. But the plan backfired in the end. The ban hurt San Franciscans more than the other way around. They're the ones that are... <laughs> this... Oh, man. I just... It shows, you know... Um, thank you for that, Brian. I'm going to be watching that video later today. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. Uh, all right, let's go over to the phones real quick and get the name and, uh, where they're calling from, uh, so that we can be ready to return to the radio here in just, uh, over two minutes, we're going to return to the radio. So let's go over here and see who is this and where are you calling from? Yeah, good morning. This is Willie out here in Quinnahawk. Hello, Willie. You hold the line, my friend. You will be number one with a bullet, and we'll talk about, which I what I know you want to talk about is the Must Read Alaska article, which I was thinking of you when I read that Must Read Alaska article. I was like, oh, boy. Oh, boy. That's, oh, boy. That's going to be ruffling some feathers, feathers on there. Uh, anyway, we'll talk about that. Willie Keppel is out in the uh, is out in Quinnahawk, and he's uh, ready to talk with us. Okay, um, anything else you guys want to chit chat about in this final segment of the show? Hit us with it. Terry's like, "What? I don't know what you're asking what about." But uh, there you go. Um, uh, yeah, forty. You know, oh, maybe you were saying the forty three million dollars in the couch cushions. I mean. How does that happen? How does it happen? Well, remember when the state found 270 something million dollars in the couch cushions under Walker that one year? They're like, oh, hey, look, we found another 270 just sitting in this account. I mean, are somebody not paying attention to what all the accounts are? I mean, you just like, I just didn't even notice. And uh, there it is. Don't worry about it. I mean, come on, really? That's. 200 and I mean, but yeah, a place like the borough, that's like a third of an annual budget for the borough, maybe a little less. The, the budget was about $145 million when I left 10 years ago. So it's probably more now, but $43 million is a significant one of those. And, and like Mike said, yes, I need one of those couches. I would love to go to the reuse fight. <laughs> Find a good couch, take it home, reach my hand down, and pull $10,000 out of the couch cushions. That would be amazing. That would be amazing if I could do that. But yeah, I definitely need one of those couches. <laughs> oh, man. It just, you know, this is out of, out of this world. Out of this world. Okay. Here we go. Jumping back into it. Final segment, The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Like, share, subscribe, ring the bell. Let's do it. Okay. We are reaching the end here. One final segment for today. We got one phone call on hold. Willie Keppel is out in Quinnahawk, which is out towards Bethel, out uh, out in the out in the bush. He's listening to us uh, out there, enjoying a little connectivity with the rest of the world. 
Uh, and I know what he wants to talk about today. I'm sure he wants to talk about this SB 140 mess, uh, which is the, ori- the original bill was sponsored by Lyman Hoffman. Must Read Alaska did a story on this and pointed out that Lyman Hoffman was the initial sponsor of this whole bill when it was only an Internet bill, which would have benefited Quintilian and GCI and uh, and there may be some other stuff going on in there. Willie, what's happening, my friend? What's on your mind? Well, I'm just so happy that Suzanne Downing came out with a rip snorting article that hit a whole lot of the problems going on out here with with rural broadband and Lyman Hoffman, Hillside Lyman. He's Anchorage's senator. He don't live out here. That's the first problem. The legislature won't even deal with all these rural legislators that move out of their district, but that's a whole different deal. Where Suzanne was pointing out is, how is it even legal for Lyman to bring up this bill when he's so tied in with GCI. He has a conflict of interest out here. He's managed to, he is the paid president of the board of Bethel Native Corporation. Bethel Native Corporation is the for-profit corporation of uh, the tribal group around Bethel. And they pulled in Let's see, the last portion of it was a $42 million contract, and Quintillion's out here right now stomping around all the villages, surveying the telephone poles, and getting ready to string all this cable that the villages, most of the villages don't even want want in the village. We're hooked up to Starlink. Um, you know, I mean, they're going to string. They're going to string this fiber optic one way or the other. But the bottom line is, is that Lyman is funneling money, sponsoring bills, and this is the point Susan was getting at. That he's got a huge conflict of interest here. His family pretty much runs Bethel Native Corporation, and when you read the article, you'd think that, oh, all of them on that board must be must be like Lyman. No, that's not true. There's, there's uh, uh, Bobby and Greg Hoffman and a couple others on that board that are nothing like they're the total opposite of Lyman Hoffman. They just all happen to be in the same family, but they're on opposite sides of the fence for most everything in life. But the problem is, is how how does Lyman, when he's funneling money to GCI, which he has a huge, long backtrack in history of being best buddies for, how does he even not get hit for a conflict of interest in the Senate. Why don't they shut him down and say, sorry, Lyman, you you need to set this one out. So to me, the whole ordeal, and I think what Susan's getting at, how did, how did Senate Bill 140, the bag bill, even get to the House? Why didn't the Senate clean up their own, their own conflicts of interest? Right. And, in all actuality, where it really needs to go out here is the state attorney general needs to come out here and do a serious investigation. The Senate ought to be looking at censoring Lyman. That's my that's my personal opinion on the whole thing. Well, but if you haven't read that article from yesterday, you need to read the article that Suzanne put out. It'll give you an understanding of how deep and how fast and what a spider web of corruption runs Western Alaska. 
Russia. No. Yeah, yeah. And that's pretty much what I had to say on it. And I hope people take the time to go dig up the article and, and read it. Well, I, I agree, Willie. I hope they read it as well. And you're right. I mean, this article really lines it out. One of the reasons why they don't bring it up, and this is why one of the charter of changes that we've talked about is changing the conflict of interest rules. Because right now, the legislature essentially exempts themselves from the conflict of interest rules. So, I mean, they could do whatever. You got people working, you know, for the oil companies making oil company laws. You got people who are fishermen making laws about commercial fishing. You got people, you know, there shouldn't j- just, there's a self interest in all those things. Although I will say the one thing that, the one thing that, uh, uh, that Suzanne Downing says in here that I thought was one of the hottest comments that she made in this whole thing is that Bethel Native Corporation is a Hoffman family enterprise. And then she goes on to delineate how basically every member of the Bethel Native Corporation, with the exception of two or three members on the board, are not related to Hoffman. So this is a big deal. Uh, this is a this is a huge big deal. And you're right. Uh, I think we should be looking for more uh, info on this as we go forward. And I would hope the legislature would bring something forward on it as well to answer these questions. Thank you, Willie, for the call. I appreciate it. Let's go over here. We'll take this next call. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Randy in Fairbanks. Randy, what's on your mind? Well, I just want to say that I sure hope HJR7 does not pass. That's the thing that would put the a mandated free cash payment into the Constitution. Right now we have a true and honest... Okay, stop, 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 Randy. Stop, Randy. It's... it's I'm, I'm, I'm muting Randy until he, until he listens to what... He's, he's, he's still going on. He's not even listening. Yeah. Oh, that's because I have myself muted. Hey, Randy. Hey, Randy, can we go back for just a second? You, you basically said that yeah. it's a free cash payment. Um... It's not a free cash payment. It is a payment to every individual as compensation for the subsurface mineral rights in the state of Alaska. It's not a free cash payment. That's money that that came to the state, was invested, rates a return, and then it's supposed to be broken up between the state and the people. And instead, they've been subjugating that and taking it away. So it's not a free cash payment. Well, well, it's a free cash payment for me because um, I do not have any deep down mineral minerals down below my land, my one acre land. You're a citizen of the state. From me. You're a citizen of the state of Alaska. You call, you are part of the collective ownership of every parcel of land in the state. That is the thing. It's not just what's under your land. You are a collective owner. Whether you like that or not, whether you like the communistic, socialistic aspect of that collective ownership or not, the bottom line is is that you are a collective owner. And that's how it was seated, and that's how it was put together, is that they would receive, the citizens who owned it collectively, would own, would, would receive a share of that money from the royalty sales, which was then filtered through the permanent fund where it would raise money and make more and become a perpetual money-making machine. So it's not free money. It is your share. Yeah, I, I know it's, uh, uh, I'm a collective owner and that all the benefits go to all of the Alaskan people in the form of either government services or cash. But we, the people, have a right to determine how much goes to services and how much goes to cash, and everything should fit within a balanced budget. And so uh, I do not want to see 
the PFD supported by a state income tax, which will happen if it's mandated. Also, having it in the Constitution will be like a flashing neon sign, which will attract hordes of freeloaders, smug freeloaders that think they deserve free cash, and they'll come up here. And we don't need those kind of people. We need hardworking people. That, because you uh, think people are going to travel, that is, you think people are going to travel across the country for a couple thousand bucks a year. Uh, they'll travel all the way across the country, take whatever it takes to move here, bring their whole family here, endure the cost of living, the cold weather, the temperatures, and they'll do it for a free two thousand dollars a year uh, on that. That that that's going to cause a real problem for us. Well, I came across the country from California up here in '74. Uh, not for any money at all, but just for the uh, the benefit of working on the Trans-Alaska Pipeline. But adding free cash will add gravy to that and the cherry on top. Okay. All right. Well, Randy, I mean, the problem is, you know, you keep talking about things like a balanced budget and all this other kind of stuff, but they're balancing the budget on the backs of Alaskans through the PFD cuts. They're balancing the budgets on taking money out of the CBR and the SBR. They're balancing the budgets in ways that have nothing to do with actually making the inflow and the outgo equal each other. So it's really, I mean, you're using these buzzwords, but they're not, they don't mean what you think they mean. So it is what it is. All right, we got to go. Tomorrow's another day. Tomorrow is Mike's shower, and maybe we'll see if we can bring somebody else on. I'm trying to get Julie Colum on to talk about her childcare thing. We'll continue then. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. Thank you so much. We will see you tomorrow. Outlawed Thoughts kind of sums it up. There is no such thing as a balanced budget with this much state spending. No, you're 100% right. And to go on and on about how great last year was because it was a balanced budget. You know why it was a balanced budget? Because they drew on the permanent fund to make it balanced. That's not a balanced budget. Drawing money from savings every year is not a balanced budget because it's not sustainable. A balanced budget is where your income and your expense pretty much equal each other. That's a balanced budget. That's the bottom line. Using the word, the pretty term balanced budget doesn't help you when you're really not operating on a balanced budget. When instead, you're drawing money from other sources that are all short term. They're not, you can't continue to do it indefinitely. It's not sustainable. I love you, Randy, but you just you're missing the whole point here. You just don't want to pay a sale. You just want to be a tax. You're being taxed already. You're already losing the money. So, I mean, embrace the suck, my friend. You're already losing the money. And in fact, you're not even taking the PFD that you can. You're giving it back to the state because that's going to teach them to be more responsible with your money by sending it back to them. That's going to... It's going to make them more responsible. You've been a bad boy and you're not being responsible. Here's $10 more. Now be more responsible. Mm Mm-hmm. Exactly. All right. I got to go. I just, I can't. I can't. I can't today. All right. We will see you. We'll see. They did not draw from the CBR. Of course they did not draw from the CBR. They paid for it out of the PFD, Randy.
Oh, Jesus Christ. You are... I have one nerve and you're on it. They paid... They did not balance the budget. It is not a balanced budget. That is where your income and your outflow equal each other. When you draw it from the PFD, it's not sustainable. Gotta go. shed our terrestrial radio skin and now we are slimy lizard internet people it's the michael duke show